0: You're tuned in to Career Currency with Kareem Perez, a podcast for people who are interested in unlocking their potential and increasing their professional value. Here's your host, Kareem Perez.
1: Okay, what's up, everybody? Career Currency podcast, we're doing it virtually today, but Career Currency is a podcast for people who are interested in unlocking their potential and increasing their professional value. Welcome back to another episode. I'm super excited for this one today. Uh, my name is Kareem Perez. I'm your host, a digital marketing consultant, career coach. And really what we do with this podcast is we bring you the, the marketing leaders, the entrepreneurs, and all of the successful people who have come, uh, before you in order to share secrets, share ideas, uh, share career hacks on how you can improve your business, how you can improve your career and essentially improve your career currency, which is your professional value so that you can make moves and make more money. Uh, So yeah, I'm I'm excited to to do this interview today. Uh, Today we have uh, AMA marketer on the rise, okay? Her name is Marie Schwartz. She's the founder and CEO of Sampler. Uh, She's an entrepreneur with a marketing background who built this technology platform for product sampling. And I really, really love this idea. Uh, I really love this concept um i have to dig into it and try it myself but today sampler is the leading digital product sampling uh platform and it helps brands to deliver product samples to digitally targeted customers um and who doesn't love free stuff right so of course uh this is like a strategic way to make help brands get their products into the potential customers and let them try it, let them sample it uh the company's network now reaches over 50 million consumers Uh, in 24 countries and serves some of the largest uh, brands in the world. For example, L'Oreal and Unilever. Marie, I'm so happy to uh, have you here. How are you today?
0: Doing good. Thanks so much for having me. Excited to be here too.
1: Yeah, excited to have you. And uh, yeah, maybe just talk about, um, just, you know, intro yourself and tell people a little bit about yourself. I know I gave you the the professional intro, but yeah, tell us a little more, a little bit more about you and how you got into uh, starting your own business.
0: Yeah, of course. So um, I'm a marketer by trade. I started uh, my career, ultimately. Uh, well, I started I started my journey into marketing uh, going to the University of Ottawa and studying marketing, and then I ended up. Uh, working for an experiential firm while I was in university, handing out free product samples and being the brand ambassador that was kind of, you know, giving the free shampoos and the free hummus on the street corridors. And that's when the first, um, you know, inkling of the idea of sampler came to mind. Uh, Even back then, I was just really skeptical about the channel. I understood that Um, I understood that getting a product into your hands for the first time is the most, you know, telling moment within a consumer journey. Um, Yet it wasn't targeted, it wasn't measurable. So I was just like, come on, if everything's programmatic, if everything's targeted, if everything's measurable, this should be um, the moment that we measure. Um, Anyways, so I continued my career I was uh, young at the time had no idea like what it meant to start a business so um, I went to Jay Walter Thompson and worked in advertising I actually uh, represented the Tim Hortons account for a little bit worked on a, um, on a few CPG accounts but I remember during that time you know be like being like in in the weeds of like measuring how much foam we were putting in the coffee like so so that the photo was perfect and making sure it was just exactly one inch um and so that was kind of my advertising days and then I I was I was getting a little um bored with that and I wanted to do something that was more digital and uh tech forward so I Looked up entrepreneurship. I literally Googled entrepreneurship, uh, and I wanted to know what it meant. And I ended up finding one guy um, on a uh, on a on LinkedIn um, who was the head of the Montreal uh, Entrepreneurship Society. Exactly. Met up with him, asked him to have a coffee with me to tell me about his journey. And he gave me my first startup job, um, and I worked at a startup called Drop Gifts. Eventually, became a co-founder. Moved to New York City, lived a crazy, uh, a crazy startup life uh, for two years, and I got the, I got the bug. Like I just really needed that tech and startup was meant for me, and so I took kind of all this journey to eventually say you know what I'm ready to start my business and in 2013 I started sampler I told you the entire thing we could just end the podcast there I don't know why I Uh, I got questions I got
1: questions I got questions but no that's that's really interesting and actually uh, what I wanted to ask you kind of while you were talking is when you joined that first agency did you have entrepreneurship in mind like what did you Were you like, okay, I want to learn this so I can do it on my own? Or were you just like exploring at that point?
0: Like, I don't, I don't know if I'm oversimplifying it, but like, I feel like I had no idea what entrepreneurship meant. Like I, like my, my, my grandfather and my grandmother, they were entrepreneurs. They had started their own businesses. So I I guess I knew that that was like an option, but, um, but it it was like they 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 owned a taxi business in it and a convenience store, right? So, I mean, I was exposed to entrepreneurship, but never in marketing, never in tech. So I don't know. I feel like I, I really wasn't thinking about it, but I was showcasing so much entrepreneurship in wherever I was, like in university. Um, in university, I I ended up starting my own kind of mini- uh, group of brand ambassadors like I just got all my girlfriends and I was like hey like we can do this brand ambassadorship and like I would we would we would get a I I was doing a little bit of it but I didn't realize I was being right. entrepreneurial you know um so it's, it's interesting
1: okay nice and then so so you recently won an award right Um, What does it mean for you to be recognized as the 2022 marketer on the rise by AMA Toronto? Um, And, you know, that's an association that's been empowering marketers for a long time, right? Like 70 plus years.
0: Yeah. Um, Frankly, I was was in shock when I received the call. Um, The American Marketing Association and I had just kind of started um, working together. I, I had the opportunity to be part of a discussion that they had done. Um, just a few months before, so I was just getting to know the organization and so impressed by the incredible membership that they had. And so when I got the call, I was like, "Oh my god, are, are you sure?" Like, <laughs> I
1: couldn't believe <really laughs> it.
0: Um, and you know that 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 feeling has only been heightened after the incredible in person event that they had to inaugurate the um, the five marketing all of fame legends. Um, it was, it was. So incredible to hear all of their stories, and um, just to have the opportunity to share the stage with them in person was like the most in- enthralling thing ever. Like I feel like after two and a half years of being cooped up in my in my Zoom walls, uh, it was yeah. just so cool to connect with people who have been there, done that. Um, and like have have careers that span over 40 years of of journeys and learnings. And yeah, I I left very, very, very inspired.
1: Nice. Um, And so for you, right, like I I read through some of your story um, and through building Sampler, uh, talk about just how you built it, like how you built a team Um, and some of the, you know, some of the key learnings that you found in terms of like starting up your business and uh, things like that.
0: Yeah, I mean, the, I remember the day that I decided that I was going to go forward um, and, and start the business, and um, it's, it's interesting, like the, it wasn't like a monumental moment, right? Like, I feel like I, 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 that's my first learning is starting your business is not necessarily this kind of monumental moment where it's like the curtain rises and like right <laughs> like you cut it, the
1: ribbon and stuff Yeah, yeah. exactly right <laughs>
0: like you know you you started a business like it's it's Um, it's just taking that first step. And that first step doesn't need to be big, right? So for me, the moment where I feel like I started my business was the day that I literally registered the name sampler, like, and I, and I decided that I was going to do it. But like, um, I, the first step with that was like, talking to a designer and thinking uh, with him about like, okay, what's the look gonna look like? Like, And it was just kind of these small in, in, incremental steps and him and I coming up with the word sampler. And and then after that, me registering it on the, on the government website and like getting like a tax ID, like those are like little, little things, um, but they all add up. And so anyways, first lesson is It doesn't need to be. It's going to be small incremental steps. Um, It's not going to be like this big inauguration. And so that means like, don't wait, like just get started Do the first step. Like don't wait for a big, big sign because it's going to come. And and frankly, um, after that, it was about getting up every day and just doing the work of listening to my customers and really, really building on what they wanted. So for for the first little bit, no one, I promise you, no one wanted to talk to me about digital product sampling. Like people were just not there in 2013. Like they were just starting to figure out like, what is an influencer? What is a Facebook page? How do I get more fans? Like um, Mm -hmm. people weren't even collecting first party data then, like it wasn't even a thing. So, so i literally for the first little bit sold anything i could that was similar to my idea so i actually had a side hustle which funded which was uh which was the marketing shop which was a marketing agency where i managed social media i managed like influencers i did whatever i could to be close to my client and every time I could pitch sampler and get more insight as to why they weren't ready or what they like when they would buy it, something like that, what how should I position it? Um, and eventually um, I was able to sell my first client um, into a digital sampling program. Um, and basically it was all mock ups, I had only like Photoshop. Um, PSD files uh, and I was like well it would look like this and the client was like sweet I love this let's launch in 60 days and I was like can I get 90 days
1: (laughs) because I literally
0: had no tech Um, and eventually the first version of Stamper was literally a Google form where people would go and enter like first name last name uh, email and it would feed into an Excel sheet and when it reached a thousand samples distributed, I would literally just kill the link because <laughs> I just right. didn't want more people to claim. So again, like it small incremental steps. Um it yeah. And, yeah.
1: and sorry and I just want to go a little bit more into the the customer side. Yeah. And understanding your customer and um I guess being adaptable when you start to figure out, like you're not really as sure as you thought you were who your customer was. Yeah. Um, so can you talk about like how you use some of that data and what some of the key data that you you look at when you have this spreadsheet of a, a thousand um, and how important is that data collection and uh, um, data analysis?
0: So on, on the B2B side, like my clients or the clients of my clients? Like, uh, you, choose, you choose. Okay. Okay. <laughs> well, so, so when I was, when I was speaking about being customer obsessed, I was customer obsessed with my brands, right? So when I like my samplers business is, uh, is B2B to C. So I sell into consumer packaged good companies. So I would literally just find a way to help my consumer package good companies and understand their needs. And if that meant I had to do an influencer campaign or manage their social media page for a little bit so I could get closer to their goals and their objectives, mm-hmm. I would. And then I got a few of them on a retainer and then my recommendation on, on like from a marketing agency side was like, well, maybe we should test sampling. And then I, I would start kind of introducing sampler um and that worked really well and so eventually we got uh, you know it was really it it is it continues to be important we're we're 9 years into the business in october and still today i go through cycles of customer discovery which i'm deep in right now because at sampler we are creating a space like distributing product samples to a da- digitally targeted consumer and bringing that In home is a very, very new concept and it's newer to the market. It's really picked up steam with the pandemic. But that means that my clients are constantly like rethink, like figuring out new ways of leveraging it. And I need to stay really attentive to that. So um, it's very important and it never stops being important, even like nine years in. Um, Yeah.
1: Yeah, that's that's good. Okay, and then talk about the, the, the B2C side in terms of the data that you yeah. gather, the data that you look at, and what's what's important.
0: Yeah, so for our consumer package good brands right now, what they're realized what they've realized over, you know, the last I'd say five years of marketing is that owning a direct-to-consumer relationship. And understanding your consumer is going to be key about how they build uh, to, to really truly build their brands. And the, the key reasons for this is uh, one, uh, the rise of e-commerce. People are buying online, and they're um, and they're expecting to discover products online. Um, two, um, a a very, very strange relationships uh, relationship with their retailers. Their retailers, um, the people that are like the, the stores that are distributing the products of our brands, um, they're in fact competing with the brand. They're putting private label products right beside right, it. Um,
1: right, right, right.
0: And, and so everyone's fighting for that shelf space. Everyone's fighting for that attention. And for a long time, that consumer data was primarily owned by the retailer. So that, and then the third big thing, which is really, really scary is that advertising is losing efficiency, Um, is digital advertising specifically. So uh, consumers are tired of the good old banner ad. They're tired of of that medium. Um, Plus they're actually concerned about their privacy. So how are we creating more engaging digital advertising experiences is another reason why um, you know brands are, are, are seeking incentives and samples and, and r- deeper, deeper funnel activity. Um, so first party data, for all of those reasons, is becoming a really important thing. Now, with a sample, what you can do, um, if I offered you a sample, Would you give me your first name, last name, email, and shipping address because I need to ship it to you?
1: Yeah, of course. Of course.
0: So, getting that in any other medium would take so much, (laughs) so much time, and so much capital. It would, in and so that basic concept of just getting first name, last name, email, shipping address, just because of the transaction is already a really, really big, valuable thing that you can get from a sample. Now, above that, if I was to tell you, hey, if you tell me about your eating style, you'll, you'll match with products that fit your diet. Would you tell me about your eating style? Probably, right? Yeah, so, yeah. so that's what we do at Sampler. We We, uh, we have a reciprocal, um, transaction between consumer and brand that says, listen, I need consumer information. I I want to connect with you on an ongoing basis, but in return, I will give you something of value. I will give you a taste of my product. I will give you a try of my cream, whatever it is, whatever category. Um, but in order to do that, let's make sure we're a good match. Like, like let's make sure that if you're gluten-free, I give you my gluten-free product, right? right?" I don't know. I think I think of sampler in a simple sense as like Tinder for samples. <laughs>
1: <laughs> right, right, right. No, that's good. That's good. And, and matching it up is really, really important. Um, so to so talk about building the business a little bit, like um, I'm really interested in terms of now the market in terms of careers and hiring, retention, uh, talent development, things like that are just like uh, top of mind. In um, a lot of conversations that I've been a part of, so um, and I know you took a leave, right? And you left, you had your your team run things for a bit while you were gone. Um, so maybe just talk about building a team, building a culture, um, and working with some really good people. Uh, specifically, too, what comes to mind is delegation and not trying to do it all yourself. And uh, I'm interested to hear a little bit about your thoughts there. Yeah,
0: of yeah. course. Um, yeah, I mean my my theory has always been to lead with the heart um so like from the from the beginning um I knew that I wanted to build a a workplace which was one that I wanted to work at and um I've worked in bad workplaces I've I've worked in places where I didn't feel supported and so I I knew what where I would want to work and so whenever I um have a question about like how should we go about this or um how should we think about this i i literally say marie what does your heart tell you like i really stop and think like what does my heart tell me what like what would i like to hear um and that's been that's been a really good gut check um throughout the way um so so that's how it started now eventually um, i was privileged enough to have gotten a lot of great support from the brands that we work with in funding this idea, the, the, my investors in funding this idea. And then I had the resources to hire people. And I, the main thing that I tried to do early on was fill my weaknesses. So, you know, how could I, like, I'm not really good at numbers like finance, like, uh, detail, not, not my thing. Like I'm a visionary. I need, I need someone to integrate for me. Right. So, um, so that's a great place where I go and build and find people that are just stronger than me in these specific areas. Um, and then once you put them in place to your point, you need to give them the trust, and you need to let them um, run. And so, um, I know what I'm. I know what I'm good at, uh, and I know what I'm not good at, and I know what others are good at. I recognize their strengths, and you just kind of gotta let them fly. So, yeah, you were talking about my leave. Um, I took a, a leave when uh, I had my son Dawson, which was 14 months ago um and I took I tried to take six months it I will I will be honest um nothing to do with my inability to delegate but everything to do with like just missing work in the the (laughs) I I did three months full-time and then after that I just kind of needed to get back in and get involved in 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 the projects um I just missed the thrill um So, um, but yeah, like, and the reason I was able to do that is because I, I was able to give people strong ownership of their turf. Like, you know, I had, I have a strong executive team, I have someone overseeing, I have someone overseeing revenue, I have someone overseeing operations, I was like, you know, I have someone for every job. So at that point, you know, I, I'm really the chief orchestra, Uh, like, so they can live without the cheap orchestra. They they know how to to hit the notes. Um, <laughs> so right, right. <laughs> um, yeah, is it cheap of or cheap of or orchestra? <laughs> I think.
1: Sure, actually. Okay, so what what would you say is your greatest leadership accomplishment in marketing, and like why why are you proud of it?
0: Hmm. Um. I'm very proud to have um, challenged the status quo as it relates to product sampling. Like I think um, um, I always say, like I'm a mission-driven founder. If if what I leave behind is the fact that my name goes beside the invention of data-driven product sampling, um, like that will be that will be like a really huge win and. Um, I I I feel very encouraged by you know the fact that Sampler is being like if you if someone says data driven product sampling it's synonymous with Sampler and and mm-hmm. uh, you know I, I'm very very proud of the team for for getting to that point.
1: That's amazing! Congrats! That's that's great. Um, so what would what would you say is like some of the the trends that you're seeing in marketing in general? Um, where do you see things going and what should, like what should some of like younger marketers, people that are just like learning? Because um, one of the things that we find is deciding uh, where you wanna go, right? So it's like, oh, should I go into like e Should I go into web design? Should I go into social media? And at the Tech Effect, that's what we do, right? We kind of help them fight, okay, what are you interested in? What's your skill set? Um, give them kind of career direction and options. Um, so yeah, what are some of the trends you're you're seeing, and uh, what would you recommend in terms of upskilling um, and kind of uh, maybe even platforms? what What should people be paying attention to and learning?
0: I love that. Yeah, so I'm really, really, really into uh, retail media networks. Um, I think they're definitely going to be the next trend, and certainly sampler has been doubling down we just recently uh, closed a partnership with Kroger and with target where we're managing um, their digital product sampling um, programs via their retail media networks and the reason that they are so important right now is first there's they're they're spurring up everywhere um, they basically think about um, everybody like Alta just launched one. Um, so can you sorry, break, can you
1: break down can you break down what's a retail media network? Yeah, okay. Sorry. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Let's let's let's, yeah. let's start with that. So a retail media network is um where a retailer um would would decide that you know what like we have so much data, we have a very unique set of audiences, and we want to create a media network um, that where we sell those audiences out. Um, to the open market, and so um, just like a, a brand might buy media on Facebook right now um, right. or on Instagram, they can go or Meta. Uh, now they can now they can go and buy media from the Kroger Media Network or right.
1: Right. Um,
0: the Target Media Network, um, which all have their own names. Um, Kroger's is eighty four fifty one, and um, Target is. Um, Roundel, um, so so you can you can um, go and buy media from there. Um, the now this is kind of spreading itself even further into like now um, Marriott, just a uh, Marriott Hotels, just launched a media network. Um, so they're not a retailer, but they they have a right. whole of data surrounding people who travel often, right? And so the reason this is happening is because um, people are not sharing first-party data for no reason anymore. Um, when, When the Apple iOS changes happened around privacy, it's a big trend that happened. And so that would be trend number two. Basically, one day, Apple asked every iPhone user, would you like to share your data? And I believe something like 80% 80% plus said no. Right. Um, and so imagine the impact that this would have in uh, on advertising for retargeting and all of that. So people need first-party data. People give first-party data, whether they realize it or not, when they shop, they give um, first-party data when they stay at a hotel. And so these, these companies who are traditional Uh, players are now saying, well, I have first party data and I can sell it. Um, So for brands, it's a really uh, amazing opportunity because I could go very niche. When I partner with a grocer um, and do my media with them, I can target someone who buys gluten-free cookies. I can target someone who has uh, a high uh, number of baskets per week. I can target someone that likely has a big household because they buy $500 worth of groceries each week. Um, So it really opens up a marketers opportunity for targeting. Um, And I think that that's going to be the next big trend, because there's a decline of first party data on your typical media, media networks.
1: Interesting. So, so even just to highlight the data side, Going from third party to first party is key,
0: very much so. And so, you were asking, like, what are some things that I could brush up on skills for? Um, I really think that uh, reading about first party data, um, reading about privacy, um, and reading about retail media networks will blow your mind if you're if you're a marketer. Like, there's just like so much fun stuff like that. That I think are going to bring up really really smart ideas uh, for 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 businesses.
1: And do you do you do speaking? Do you do um, like what are some of your interests professionally? Like, do you, outside of running the business, do you do you do speaking? Do you do events?
0: Yeah. So um. So my my biggest um my biggest thing is, um, mindfulness. So I, I, I meditate, um, and I also, um, am doing a little bit of writing right now, um, surrounding mindfulness as an entrepreneur. So I'm, I'm, that's my side project. Um, I've, I'm hoping to launch, um, a blog soon that would, that will be really focused on that because I feel like as entrepreneurs um, we need these escapes uh, we need these uh, these reminders of, of um, you know um, to kind of keep us grounded through this crazy journey so um, yeah I right now my writing is mostly happening on my LinkedIn so if you follow me on my LinkedIn you'll Good. see like I'm pretty quirky about uh, I, I make I make a you know a, a try I try and be like raw, about the journey and uh, and yeah, I, I think that that's um, that's that's my personal mini project that right. I'd like to leave behind.
1: Nice. And another question that came to mind earlier that kind of slipped my mind now I remembered of course, is um, just in terms of uh, digital transformation, right and um, digital sampling, and you mentioned kind of like, at, you know, some people are just not bought in, right? Whether it was in the beginning when you just started and people didn't understand, or, you know, some brands just might not be into it or they might not see the value. Um, so can you talk a little bit about like pitching your idea, selling your idea and getting getting buy-in from like different brands, partners, um, you know?
0: Yeah, um, great, great question. So, um, Lately, I've had the opportunity to really think about this a lot. Um, because early on, um, I think the the biggest barrier that entrepreneurs come against is, um, it's not necessarily that people didn't believe that it makes sense. Like everybody that I say, hey, we hand out samples on on, on street corners randomly. Why don't we do it in a targeted way? Everyone goes like, oh my god, that's obviously that's so good like it makes sense and a lot of people say like marie i i wish i came up i came up with this like it's so simple um and so everyone loved the idea but what i didn't do right um or new like what i wasn't there at uh or where where early on you struggle with as an entrepreneur is who is going to care enough to buy it right so it's like right. it's there's a difference between oh, that makes sense. And here's $10,000, right? So right. Um, so finding the right buyer, finding the right product market fit um, for that buyer is, is, is really interesting. So early on, it's about finding that first buyer. For us, it was the brand manager. But what's really interesting is that over time, as the market has evolved, our persona has changed. The brand manager used to manage the sampling programs. They still do. They still own all of the samples. But interestingly enough, the brand manager doesn't get promoted for doing digital product sampling. The head of data or the head of CRM or the head of of e-commerce gets promoted for doing digital product sampling. So over time, these new positions started adding themselves that actually uh, have been critical to how fast um, our business grows. So it's interesting when you're starting a market, it's like, maybe the person that's really, really gonna care about what you're doing, maybe they don't even have a job yet. But if you're a visionary, you know that job will exist one day. And so how can you kind of keep going um, and, and, um, and get to a point where there's like, I fundamentally believe there will be a person whose entire job will be managing digital product sampling for consumer packaged good brands. Um, and we're starting to see that with our brands that are on the high end of our spectrum of adoption, right?
1: Amazing. That's such a good such good info. Um, okay, so so as an entrepreneur, um, what's some of the best business advice that you got and like, Again, just from a lessons learned um, perspective, what are some of the key takeaways um, that you've received over the course of your, your journey? And I like the fact, I love the fact that you called it a journey. <laughs> um, and why was that important to you just to have, you know, you mentioned having different people in your corner and different people supporting you. So um, what's some of the advice you received and, you know, how did that change change the game for you?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think... I think that that advice, like every every few months, I, I feel like I have a new one that's guiding me. The one that's guiding me right now, um, and that one's been pretty constant, is is the fact that this is this is a marathon. It's not a race. Um, and I think that I think that if you're reading tech news right now and you're reading financial uh, market news. Um, you can see why it's a marathon and it's not a race. And we're seeing a lot of companies that you know uh were going for the quick sprint, were raising tons of capital, we're throwing money at it, um, and hadn't really figured out what where their market uh really was, what was their product market fit, hadn't really figured out basic unit economics for their for their business and ultimately are going to fail because they went too fast. So um, my best, best advice with that mindset in, in mind is like, know where you're going, right? Like I, I'm, actually, I'm actually like rewriting this, but I have a document called my building blocks and it's ultimately the building blocks of what will take me to the full journey of sampler and to the, the full vision. Um, but none of the building blocks have dates none of them because i as as the leader can only control so much i can control what my team is focused on i with, with what my current resources are, are focused on but i can't control how fast the market will adopt my technology i can't control um a a, a financial downturn I can't control a global pandemic right and so because of those things if I just if if I am clear on what the building blocks are what are the signals that the building blocks the building block is ready to be built and if I'm clear about that with the rest of the team then we'll know when to accelerate then we'll know when to slow down um but but I can, I I cannot define the timeline. And I think that that's, you just, that's what you gotta know is like you just, you're getting into it for the long marathon um, because there are no quick wins. There really aren't, there are, but that's just random luck. It's not, (laughs) it's not not the, it's not how 99% of businesses get built
1: nice okay so we're we're coming a little bit towards the end of our time which has been amazing um i'm so inspired and like motivated by uh our conversation um i just want to talk about mentorship a little bit um do you have any like formal mentors do you have people that guided you uh through building the business or even just life in general um for us bridging the gap and having like mentors and sponsors and people that can um you know help you get to the next step is so so important and uh so have you have you ever had a mentor and or or do you mentor yeah yeah
0: yeah I I have like five mentors right now uh so so totally totally have always had mentors Um, I think people have mentors, but don't realize they have mentors, but I'll talk to you about like the different types of mentors. So I have a coach. So this is a business coach, someone who makes me um, makes, keeps me on check. Like, Hey Marie, you said you would do this last week. Did you do this? Like um, it sounds very crazy, but when you're, when you're, when you're the leader, sometimes you like, I have a board I, re- I respond to quarterly and I, I report to quarterly, but otherwise, um, keeping me focused, um, I have no one keeping me focused and accountable. So my coach helps with that. My mentor group is, um, has now gone into, away from generalists, like early in my career, I I, I had mentors who were, you know, ex-startup founders or um, ex um um, ex-advertising executives or things like that and they were more generalists and they would help me think through a slew of problems. Now I have like a mentor who knows everything about retail media networks. I have a mentor who knows everything about logistics. I have a mentor that knows everything about Uh, consumer packaged goods and building consumer packaged goods brands and I meet with those folks and just talk industry and talk what's happening talk what's in their mind um, um, on an ongoing basis so I'd say they're more like advisors um Mm -hmm. but um but it's it's my kind of peer group um And then I I also have an entrepreneur uh, peer group, which I think is really, really good. So it's actually um, all women uh, founders who um, are part of um, of one of the VC firms that we got investment from called Stand Up Ventures. So we meet every two weeks um, or actually it's every month and we we focus on one key topic. So. Um, it could be like fundraising or whatnot. And so, um, yeah, I find they're my mentors, like my peers are my mentors too. So right. yeah, that's, um, and then I do a bit of mentorship. It's not very structured right now, but um, in the past I've uh, mentored for uh, the DMZ. Um, and now I, now I'm, I more so have a few a few entrepreneurs in the CPG and tech that that will reach out and um, ask me to advise and and so I'll meet with them and help where I can.
1: Nice, nice, nice. All right. Well, well, great convo. Um, I have a couple of um, we have our speed round um, top tech recommendations, um, not all tech, but um, I guess, yeah, the first question would be uh, favorite, favorite podcast aside from this
0: yeah, aside from this one, which I'm, I'm excited to, to be on. Um, I really like if you're in, if you're in retailer consumer packaged goods, I love the CPG guys, uh, podcast. Um, it's really, really, um, it has really, really strong speakers and it's all about retail trends. And, um, so that would be my favorite.
1: Nice. And, um, what about favorite book?
0: Ooh, favorite book. Um, uh, I would recommend if you're a founder, uh, the CEO tightrope. Um, it's basically speaking about like the tightrope. Right, that's CEO. cool. Yeah. <laughs> if you're a marketer, I highly recommend um, obviously awesome. Uh, it's a it's a product positioning uh, book um, from April Dunford, who's a friend and a board member of Sampler. Um, but product positioning is a really, really, really interesting, um, concept of like, you know, it's, you create a product, you create, like, you create a brand, but also like, but where do you fit in the market and, and how do you want to be perceived slash how does your brand, uh, or how do your, sorry, clients see you in, in the market.
1: Right. Nice. All right. And uh, favorite, favorite place to travel.
0: Um, my husband and I would probably say London. We like used to go there for business a ton and we, we loved it. It's just like a perfect European New York.
1: <laughs> yeah, That's a good way to put it. I've been, I've been there a bunch of times too. I love it there. Yeah. Uh, what about food? Favorite, favorite food.
0: Pizza, but I'm very picky.
1: <laughs> what's, your, what's your toppings?
0: <laughs> it's not less about the toppings, but um, but actually, the, my favorite pizza topping would be um, my where my husband's from on Long Island. There's a salad pizza, and it's literally like a pizza with salad on top. It is so good.
1: <laughs> nice, nice, nice. All right, and last question, like uh, maybe yeah, just a word of advice. Um, For somebody, I know you gave a couple before, but somebody starting, you know, they have this vision, uh, they want to bring it to life, Um, you know, some some advice there.
0: So I just want to say you can do it Um, like as uh, I know it could feel so daunting, but there was literally nothing special about me and my initial insight when I started, except I, I had an idea and I went for it there. Like, I have no special skill. I have no, like, okay. Like, I'm not trying to be down on myself, but like, um, other than like grit and want and ambition, um, I didn't have a formalized training. I didn't have, you know, um, like a lot of resources. Like I, I, I just started. So, there is no better person than you to do whatever you've set out to do and just go. Set goals and go. Like that,
1: yeah, 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 <laughs> that yeah, sign uh, in back.
0: <laughs> uh,
1: all right, Marie. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for your time today, your insights, your knowledge. Um, I definitely picked up a couple of keys um, that I'm going to be starting to like implement right away. I definitely dive into the, the retail sampling space and those networks that you're talking about. Um, but yeah, everybody, um, today's episode was amazing. We talked about entrepreneurship. We talked about mentorship. Uh, we talked about the the marathon versus the sprint concept in a few different angles, which I, I really love um, that concept because yeah, it's all about the long haul. It's all about um, how you can build over your time over time, whether that's through your career or whether that's through building a business. you know, there's the ups and the downs. Um, the challenges will come. But if you stay gritty, you stay resilient, um, and you stay focused and mindful, uh, then you'll you'll succeed. So again, thank you for tuning in to Career Currency. Uh, The podcast is here to help you unlock your potential, increase your professional value, and uh, we'll see you next time. Thanks for joining.
0: You're tuned in to Career Currency with Karim Perez, a podcast for people who are interested in unlocking their potential and increasing their professional value. Here's your host, Karim Perez.